Okay, welcome to another episode of um, Thoughts from a Lawnmower, and I want to extend my appreciation to all my listeners who have followed up to this point. I'm now at episode 27, and in case you hadn't noticed, I have a shortened intro. I'm going to try and make this a quick one. I know that I've been kind of silent lately. Uh, I was putting out content for a lot, uh, you know, for at a consistent rate, and then I kind of fell off. And part of the reason why I fell off is because, uh, well, you know, I have a life, and I have a job, and uh, I have things that I have to do and things that I want to do that require, that have demands on my time. And so, but... But not only that, I you know I, I don't want to come without having some kind of decent content, and uh, I want to remind everybody again that uh, this uh, this uh, podcast is about what I think, and I know you've heard me say that more times you probably are tired of the redundancy but I need to I feel the need to continue to remind people that as much as I appreciate my listeners and I do and I like to see it grow I don't I don't do this for them I'm just kind of I'm doing this for myself uh, this is my opportunity to express what I feel about various issues and about various things and I I certainly enjoy talking with my guests and um, getting their perspective on things. Uh, they're my friends and they've helped shape part of my life. And so I want to introduce them to the world. But ultimately, this podcast is about what I think. And as such, I realize that that can uh, probably drive some people away on certain subject matter. Whereas I, I sometimes talk about music and those who are not really that interested in the... Uh, in how the sausage is made, so to speak, or maybe they're not interested in in rock or heavy metal music, or they're not interested in guitar playing. Uh, they don't care, so they won't listen, and, and that's fine. I, I certainly get that. I mean, I listen to podcasts, and there are some podcasts that, you know, certain episodes, I'm saying, eh, I'm just not that interested. And so I don't listen to those, and that's fine. That You know, I'm all about... Um, freedom of choice and uh you know if you don't like something don't listen i'm i embrace that and and there are times when i i try to keep it lighthearted and i try to keep things fun and and enjoyable to listen to but sometimes i i i've got to talk about more serious things and i haven't had a whole lot of content to present and I didn't want to bring my listeners something that was kind of shabby or you know just something to present but I ran into this uh, this news article well a series of news articles and uh, it's directly affecting the uh, or it's directly related to 
the facet of my life of being a Christian. And uh, I've never shied away from the fact that I am a follower of Christ. And as such, that influences everything that I do. And uh, I realize that maybe some of the subject matter that I talk about here doesn't seem to necessarily reflect that. And I can, we can talk about that at another time. But this is an aspect that I cannot of my life that I cannot deny. So, uh, one of the things that I've run into over the years, and I've heard it uh, numerous times, and that's uh, this tendency to blame evangelical Christianity in particular, but the church in general, for everything bad that happens in someone's life. And it, it to me, it's an excuse. It, it's, it's really an excuse uh, to... It's to throw blame and shade on the church for decisions that you made. I say you, I'm speaking generally um, about people who make these decisions or feel some kind of way. Um, and, I, you know, I, quite frankly, I'm kind of tired of it. And so uh, what, what inspired this is um, an article... Um, well, this particular article was in faithwire.com. And the title of it is DC Talks Kevin Max is now quote unquote exvangelical. Says he's been quote unquote progressing for decades. Okay. Well, first of all, I'll just say you if if you are an exvangelical, which is a completely fabricated word but okay you're not progressing you're regressing you're not moving forward you're going backward um but anyway okay <clears throat> so we have this article and it says um kevin max a member of the popular christian band dc talk announced over the weekend he is now quote-unquote exvangelical noting he's been, quote-unquote, deconstructing his faith for decades. Um, the singer dismissed some on social media who claimed he is no longer a Christian, saying he, quote-unquote, didn't say that, and clarified that he, clarified he follows the universal Christ, although he didn't explain what that means. Okay. Uh, he goes on to say, I have no idea how many people's blogs or podcasts are using that announcement for further division. I want to stop there just for a second. Well, obviously I'm doing a podcast on this. Uh dude, uh, we're not the ones sowing the division. You are. Okay? That's merely you, you using another word for we're saying that we disagree or we don't um we don't want to be blamed, and I'm going to go on and read some more stuff. We don't want to go be blamed for whatever it is that you um, uh, are processing right now. Um, but it's we're not the ones causing the division. We're merely you're the one that has thrown this out there. 
did you expect that everybody was going to embrace this? Did you honestly think, and I'm speaking to Mr. Max here, um, did you honestly think that people were just going to say, oh, well, okay, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to throw everything that you claimed to believe for decades, did you, you're just going to throw that all under the bus and you expect everybody to just embrace it as if there's nothing wrong with it. And when people don't embrace it, like you think that they should, you're going to call that us creating division. No. You're the one creating the division. Okay. And then he goes on to say, but I'm here for the grace. And I'm probably going to wax on that for a little bit, uh, a little bit later. Anyway, um, the article goes on to say that he expounded a bit more, sharing lyrics to one of the upcoming songs of his new band, uh, Sad Astronauts. Okay. And uh, let's see. Let's, let's read some of these lyrics here. It's okay to be estranged from everything that you were taught, and it's okay to unpack all the hopeless baggage that you bought. I'm going to go on. I know the sun, it never shines in the same place twice. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. And I know that life is better with a trusted vice. Really. But you will change when you cave to the universal Christ. Okay. Uh, I don't purport to be a um, lyrical genius. But I'd like to... um, I'd like to kind of analyze these lyrics a little bit um, to kind of, well, to kind of um, analyze the what I think is just a bunch of malarkey, just to be honest with you. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, he goes, um, let's see. So the first line is, it's okay to be estranged from everything that you were taught. And it's okay to unpack all the hopeless baggage that you bought. Now, what is that supposed to mean? Okay, it's okay to be estranged from everything that you were taught. Um, as if everything that you were taught by your Christian upbringing, if, if I assume you have had one, if you didn't, well, I, I kind of understand, but... Um, I'm speaking strictly about Christians in general. Um, it's okay to be estranged from everything that you were taught. Um, why? Why is that okay? You know, I was I was taught to take a bath. You know, when I was young, I don't remember ever really not liking baths, but. I know that had my parents not taught me, you know, had not made me get into the tub and bathe, you know, and bathe me and let me, you know, teach me how to bathe myself, I may not be bathing today. I don't regret that. I don't think I should, you know, uh, be estranged to that teaching. And, of course, it was my parents that um, taught me about the Lord and... You know, they had me in church. And were my parents right about everything? Well, no. I don't know of anybody that's right about 
everything at all times except for God himself. So that's neither here nor there as far as I'm concerned. Um, I don't think it's okay to be estranged from everything that you were taught. Okay, so I, I think that's a bunch of malarkey. All right, that he says, and it's okay to unpack all the hopeless baggage that you bought. Now, what is he saying? What baggage did he buy that, that's hopeless? Um, is everything that he was taught about the Bible? Now, I, I'm not naive. I'm aware that there are charlatans out there. I'm also aware that there are people that, you know, they're in church and they mean well, but they, being human beings, have failings and they sometimes put their own spin on the teachings of Christ or, you know, what's taught in the Scripture. It happens. I get it. All right? And we're supposed to examine. Even the Bible tells us that we should test the spirits and we should, uh, we should weigh and measure. I mean, the Bible, all through the Scripture, it talks about, you know, we have to, in order, in the process of seeking the truth, we have to measure things. Uh, there are standards of measurement, uh, for truth in the scripture and it, it's okay to question things especially when something doesn't quite make sense as a matter of fact i would expect that people would question what i'm saying right now i i don't have a problem with asking questions but to say that it's okay to unpack all the hopeless baggage that you bought what does that mean? What What is it that was hopeless that you bought in Christianity? Was it that Jesus saves? Was it that um, we're supposed to obey what he commands? Is, is, you know, is it, you know, about sin? Is it about salvation? What is it that, that what is this hopeless baggage that you supposedly bought? That you think it's okay, that you're telling people that it's okay to unpack all of that. Okay, you know, you're not really specific with that. He says, I know the sun, let's just read on here. I know the sun, it never shines in the same place twice. Uh, okay, I'm sure that's some kind, you know, that's, uh, I don't know, I guess a lyrical place marker or something like that. I don't know what that's exactly supposed to mean. And I know that life is better with a trusted vice. What is a trusted vice that you're talking about? What is this vice uh, that uh, you're talking about here? Are you saying that that religion is a vice? Are you saying that... Uh, I'm trying to remember who it was that said this. Uh, I believe it was uh, a Marxist, a, a Soviet Marxist that said this, that it might have been Joseph Stalin, or it might have been Lenin, I don't remember which. I'm sure I could find it if I was researching it, but um, the, the term was that religion is the opiate of the people. So is this just a clever rewording of that uh, lie it might have been Nietzsche that said that now that I think about it but anyway um, that religion is the opiate of the people is that what you're saying that that 
are you being condescending here? Are you saying that those of us who who hold to the tenets of Scripture and what 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 it says about Jesus, what it says about salvation, and what it says how we should live our lives? Are you saying that that is merely just us um, getting a a fix uh, like a drug? You know, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of insulted, just to be honest with you, okay? Um, and then he goes on to write, um, But you will change when you cave to the universal Christ. Well, yes, we will change. And any time that you've had an experience with Jesus Christ, you must change, okay? But I find it interesting that he talks about um, change... And yet, in the above par- the paragraph I read before I started these lyrics, he is talking like somebody who's never met Christ. He's talking like somebody who hasn't been changed by Christ. Okay. And then he goes on to say, and this is where I kind of want to really kind of orbit on, he says, and it's okay for you to lose the shame from all the church's abuse. And it's okay for them to see you don't believe in man's inerrancy. Okay. Let me address this whole, um, from all the church's abuse. Okay. I've been in church all my life. And have I had what they call church hurt? Yes, I have. You know why? Because churches are made up of people. And people, like myself, are imperfect. They make mistakes. They make errors. Errors in judgment. They have attitudes. Because we all have the same problem. We're sinners. Okay? We're born with that sin nature. And we are bound to fail somewhere. Now, there are those who try not to. And I think that's noble. Um, I think it's right, you know, to constantly try to... Uh, want to have our lives improved. When I say improved, improved based on the scripture, building upon what the Bible teaches. Okay, building on Christ's words. Okay, and and when you do that, you you have to change for the better. This this idea that. The church has abused me is nonsense. Yes, I have had bad experiences at church. You know what? I've had bad experiences as a musician. I've been playing music for... I've been playing guitar for almost 40 years. And I've been in... I'll say in the music scene. I've... in the At least locally. And not even in a very large level. But I've... I've played music, and I can tell you that 
in playing music, I've had disappointments, I've had disagreements, I've had um, mistreatment, I've had even some abuses. It didn't make me want to stop playing music because that's kind of part of the territory. And like in anything you do, I mean, I've been working since I was 18 years old, full time. And you know what? I've had work bullies and I've had bad bosses and I've had um, situations where it just seems like you can't win. Uh, I've had, I've been chewed out, sometimes righteously, rightfully so, uh, and other times unjustly so. I've been, but but you know what? I keep having to work. And as long as I have to work, you have to realize that those kind of situations are going to happen. It's part of life. You're going to have struggles in just about every aspect of life. And church is no different. I realize that it should be, I guess, uh, he uses the term utopia, not, not in regards to the church, but I realize that the church should be somewhat of a, uh, a utopia, if you will, but it's not. As long as anything is made up of human beings, you're never going to have that. So you have to learn how to navigate through these problems that present themselves at church. Okay, but, but I, I guess in the, I'm really stuck on this line because I've never been abused by my faith in Christ. I've never been abused by it. You know, I've had people that I've disagreed with. I've got good friends that I disagree with. Um, on matters of faith, on matters of, of, of biblical understanding, of matters of doctrine and theology. And so, I mean, that's, that's just part and parcel to the whole part of the struggle. It's not abusive. We're supposed to contend with one another in the truth. And it's not abusive now, I'm even going to go further to say this. I, I I think what he's identifying as abuse is really when the church, either implicitly or explicitly, says that something is wrong. If you go back and you and, and we go back and and go to that list of things that he says he's pro slash anti. Let's see. Where is it? Yeah, where he says you know. He's anti-war, pro-peace, anti-hate, pro-live, pro-LGBTQIA, and pro-BLM, pro-open-mindedness, anti-narrow-mindedness, pro-utopia, anti-white nationalist agenda, pro-equality, pro-vax, blah, blah, blah. I'm, just, I'm not going to even read anymore. All right, but I'm going to zero in on, on two in particular, pro-LGBTQIA and pro-BLM. Well, it's interesting that... He seems to be pro, meaning that he's for those things, which they are clearly against Scripture. Sorry, Kevin, but um, that's not the church abusing you by saying that these things are wrong. Now, 
I want to I want to pause right there, and I want to go to a story in the Bible. And this, you know, my podcast isn't a Bible study. I don't do things like that, but I can't deny this part of my this this part of the spectrum of my life. Uh, this color, if you will. Um, there's a story in John chapter six, and it's a long it's a long passage. So I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to give you kind of a synopsis of it. Jesus is having a conversation. Um, he calls himself the bread of life and sent from heaven, and he talks about where he says, I am the bread of life, and he who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. And there are there are those who say, um, as a matter of fact, it's in uh, uh, John 6, uh, 52, when the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Okay, so Jesus has, has, has waxed on this this message, he's talking about that he is the bread of life, and um, and Jesus goes on. He he doesn't even stop there. He 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 even he presses the point further. Where he says uh, he says, "I tell you the truth: unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink the drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Now, at that point, because I know it sounds redundancy, but what his point was right there in in that in that in verse was it 58 or excuse me 57 where he says whoever feeds on me will live because of me now it's very clear that Jesus was not saying cannibalize him what he was saying is feeding on what he on on his life in other words the very word, his very words, his commands. As a matter of fact, in the um, the Great Commission that we always talk about, Jesus said, "Go to the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you." See, we we tend to gloss over that when we talk about the Great Commission. And I, to be honest with you, I, I think that's a little bit of Kevin's problem. I think he is glossing over that. He doesn't like that little fact that we are to obey the commands of Christ. And we're supposed to teach that. And somehow or another, that's abuse. Now let me go on with this, this story in John chapter 6. Because after he finishes talking about, because he was teaching... He was teaching many of his disciples, not just the 12. There were others following him that were considered his disciples. There was lots of them. Um, I think on the order of like 60 or 70, okay, outside of the main 12, okay. And he continued, you know, he he kind of wraps up this teaching about him being the bread from heaven. 
And at the end of that lecture, at the end of that sermon, it says here in, in verse 60 of chapter 6, John chapter 6, it says, um, On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? And, and then it goes on to say, Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said, Does this offend you? And so he goes, he continues on. Jesus doesn't stop. He, he continues on to drive the point home. And it says in verse 66, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. The reason why they stopped following him is because Jesus was saying some things that they didn't like. Now, I can tell you this right now. There's a lot of things that I've read in the scripture that I don't like. There's a lot of things that I've heard. I've heard thousands of sermons from pulpits of my church, from taped uh, podcasts, radio, uh, revival services, uh, heck, even sermons uh, from good friends. And there's plenty of things that Jesus says that I don't like. Well, you know who has the problem? And let me give you a hint. It ain't Jesus. I'm the one with the problem. All right? I'll come out and admit to you that there's a lot of things that I understand. I'm not even talking about the things I don't understand. You can't understand, you know, you know, it'll take a lifetime to try and understand what the all that the scripture teaches. But I'm not worried about that. I you know, it, the things that Jesus teaches that I do understand, there are things that I just don't like. That's because I'm human and I'm full of sin. Okay? And I realize that. So the person, that ha the, the, the somebody that has to conform is me. I have to conform to what Jesus says. Jesus doesn't conform to what we want. And I see this in... Uh, in, in Kevin Max's, um, this, at least as, as it's reported in this article, and I, this isn't the only article that I read. I actually read one previously, and I saved it. But this one has it kind of a little more focused. But it seems to me that what he's calling church abuse and I'm not saying that there isn't legitimate church abuse, because it, it does happen, okay? But I just don't believe it in his case. As a matter of fact, I don't believe it in a lot of people's cases. I think what a lot of people do is they get their toes stepped on, like these disciples here got their toes stepped on, and they don't like it. Well, nobody likes it. Okay, I don't like it either. I have a I have a good friend who's a pastor, and 
I got to tell you, I mean, he is he is a friend. I, I, I adore him. And I've told him to his face, you know what? Keep stepping on my toes. Now, he, he doesn't, when he's, he's preaching, he doesn't know any particulars about my life necessarily that he's preaching about. He's just preaching what God's telling him to preach. And it's the Holy Spirit that's stepping on my toes. Okay? And he, he's, he's, you know, he's a gentle guy. He's a really nice guy. Sweet demeanor. Um, but I can tell you this right now. When he gets behind the pulpit, and he's kind of soft-spoken, but when he gets behind the pulpit, he doesn't pull any punches. And I, you know, I'm reading the same script. He's reading the scripture, and I'm looking at that, and he points these things out. And I can tell you, I'm like, ooh, yeah, that hurt. You know what that is? That's me hearing the truth, and I have a choice. I either accept it or reject it. Okay, that's not the pastor abusing me. That's the pastor telling me the truth as it's revealed in Scripture. Uh, I'm not going to belabor that point. I, I may go back to it, but right now I'm not going to belabor that point. Um, he goes on to say in these lyrics, here he goes, let's see. Um, uh, and it's okay for them to see you don't believe in man's inerrancy. Okay, I don't, I have never been, I'm, I'm not aware, I've never experienced any pastor that I've ever sat under who thought they were inerrant. I have not encountered any Sunday school teacher that thought they were inerrant, not inerrant, inerrant meaning that they did, committed no errors. I don't know anybody who thinks that. I'm sure there are people out there that do. I'm sure that there are Christians who think that they don't, that their crap don't stink, as, as the vernacular says. Okay? But you know what? That is, they are anomalies. That is not the general rule of the population of the church universal. Okay? I don't believe in man's in man's inerrancy either. Okay? However, going back to my pastor friend, I know that he's a human being and he's subject to error and mistake. That's why he gets into this word. That's why he's in prayer. That's why he disciplines himself and in his Bible reading and his prayer life, so that he won't be subject to his human error, that the Holy Spirit can use him as a tool, as a as a uh, as an instrument to get the truth out, and. So I don't I don't believe for one minute that my and I happen to have two pastors really great pastors, uh, two different churches, and neither one of them believe that they're inerrant, and I would venture to say that Mr. Max has never encountered that either. 
And you know what, Mr. Max? Guess what? You're not inerrant either. So you might want to be thinking about that as you're writing these lyrics. Okay. So he goes on to say, I know the sun, it never shines in the place you hide. Okay. I know you think it's better shrouded in secrets and lies, but you'll change when you embrace the glowing universal Christ. Okay. So what are the secrets and lies that he's talking about? Uh, is 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 it is it a lie to say that uh, that the LGBTQIA I don't even know what the I and the A mean is but is it a lie to say that none of that lines up with scripture? Is that a lie? Is is that what you're saying? Or you know, I can tell you this right now. You say you're you say you you um you don't like things shrouded in secrets and lies, but yet you're pro BLM. BLM is nothing but shrouded in lies and secrets. So you're you're contradicting yourself. Okay? He says he's pro-open-mindedness. What the heck is that supposed to mean? Really? What what is that supposed to be mean? I'm, you know, I'm as open-minded as the next guy, but I I can tell you this right now. There are just some things you need to be closed-minded about. Can I just be? Can I just be real here? I mean. You can't be open-minded about everything. You just can't. I mean, think about this. Think about this, folks. All right? I'm sure that the people who embraced Nazism thought they were being open-minded. You know, you just can't be. You have to constantly question everything. Look, I love I love a lot of secular music. But let me tell you, there's constantly when I hear lyrics that I you know, that I obviously contrary to what I believe, I go, "Yep, that's not true." All right? I don't I can't accept that as truth. Or I can't accept that as something that I want to base my life on. Even if I like the song, yeah, I can't, that, no, I can't. I can't go with that. Okay, you can't be open-minded about everything. Saying, requiring, telling people that they need to be open-minded is another way of saying that they need to accept anything and everything under the sun, and that if you don't. Then, as he goes on to say in these lyrics, you're narrow-minded. I don't necessarily think being narrow-minded is bad all the time. It can be, but I don't think it's all the time. He goes, but you'll change when you embrace the glowing universal Christ. Well, you're supposed to change when you embrace Christ. You're supposed to change. 
But here he is advocating to be the same thing that everybody else is in the world. Matter of fact, when when you embrace Christ, you're supposed to be a new creature, a new creation in Christ. You're supposed to be different. You're supposed to be changed. Everything about you is supposed to change. So how can you, on the one hand, talk about becoming changed in, when you embrace Christ and then turn right around and say that you're still holding on to the things that don't that Christ does not embrace. Well, as I've been thinking about this this podcast episode and talking about this subject, I when when I have a chance to just let my my thoughts flow, it it sounds so much more concise and so much more focused. And due to the time constraints that I had that I wanted to put myself on for this podcast, I wanted to be a little bit more a lot more focused in this, but I, I, I think if I had to sum this up, I want to tell people like Mr. Kevin Max, I, I don't, I don't feel sorry for him. I really don't. Um, as a matter of fact, this, if I had two words to say to Mr. Max, it would be shut up, quit your whining, quit your complaining. Cause that's what you're doing. You're complaining. You 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 have embraced a lie, and you're sitting here saying that uh, you you're actually sitting here acting like a victim. This is a victimhood mentality that he has embraced. That somehow or another he's been abused by the church. Get over it. So now you're going to throw away what you know to be true in the scripture. You don't. You don't have to have. Um, it, it's. You really don't have to have a theology degree to to understand the Word of God. Oh yes, there are things that we can always learn, and yes, I'm I'm grateful for the the theologians and the the studied the the scholars, the men of God. But you know what? I have to tell you, like I said earlier, it's not the things that I don't understand in the Scripture that bother me. It's it's the things that I do, and that's kind of that's that's a direct quote from uh, a certain uh, author from the uh, 19th century, <laughs> uh, it's true that, you know, I mean, if you're going to go read Revelation, in parts of Revelation, those things are, are difficult to, to decipher sometimes. And if you're reading in the Old Testament and you're reading some of the ancient stories, sometimes the, the, um, the context get lost because... You know, we don't, you know, if you don't know the culture, you don't understand it, you may have a hard time. But the, the, the fundamental truths of Scripture are just not that hard, at least to understand. You may not, they may not be easy to implement. But as, um, as a, another, uh, 
podcaster, uh, YouTuber that uh, who I watch regularly, A.D. Robles likes to say, the, 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 the things of God, the teachings of Christ are simple. They're not easy, but they are simple. They're simple to understand. You know, when, when Jesus, you know, he says not to commit adultery, that's, that's not hard to understand. When he says don't steal, that's not hard to understand. When he says don't murder, that's not hard to understand. When we're not supposed to show partiality, that, that's not hard to understand. Or not to seek revenge. That's not hard to understand. None of those things are hard to understand. You know, I I get it that we don't want to do it. I get that. I, I, there's a lot of things that Jesus says that I don't like, like I, I said earlier. But it's not because I don't understand it. Maybe I don't want to understand it, but it's not because I don't understand it. And I just I, I just see this as whining. That's what I see this as. Oh, I don't like what Jesus says, so I'm going to question my faith. I'm going to question what I was taught. I'm going to blame this on the errant humans who taught me this stuff. This is not what Jesus really said. This is what people are saying Jesus said. No, no. You you can't sit here and try to take the moral high ground... And that's what a lot of these things in his pro list are, pro slash anti list are. He's he's trying to take the moral high ground, and yet he's ignoring about half of the moral teaching of the scripture. You can't have it both ways. I, I'm I'm at somewhat of a loss. I'm just riffing here, and maybe maybe you find this boring and. And or maybe you find this that I'm all over the map, and I I kind of am. I kind of am all over the map on this. But I feel really strongly about this this accusation. And it, it, let me, Kevin Max is by no means the first or only person that I've heard this same sentiment from. I mean, we've been seeing this string of so-called high-profile Christians who have walked away from their faith or they're questioning now. And I think it's the spirit of Judas, to be honest with you. And I know that sounds kind of harsh. And if you've you've been a Christian, you you understand that's almost an insult. It's it's almost kind of offensive. But, you know, one of the things that, you know what Judas' problem was? Judas' problem was... Jesus didn't measure up to what he thought the Messiah should have excuse me should have should have been. In other words what I'm saying is that Judas was expecting uh Jesus to be someone who's going to overthrow the Roman government and he was going to take away all this earthly oppression and that wasn't Jesus' mission at all. And Judas didn't approve. And so Judas got it in his mind that he's like, you know what? Um, let me see if I can let me see if I can find uh, here in John when Judas finally decided that he'd like, you know what, I, I think it's time to make a move. 
and change, uh, try to make something happen here. Um, let's see. Because you got to remember that you got to remember that Judas was right there when Jesus was teaching all these things, and uh, uh, well, I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time. We, I may do it at another time. But the, the long and short of it is, is that you know Judas, uh, he didn't like what he was hearing. And so he he questioned his faith too. Now, I, let me let me stop there and and say this: I don't have a problem. I, I think we should ask questions. We're always going to run to as human beings. We're going to run into places where we don't understand God. We don't understand what He's telling us. And I think we need to we need to have enough honesty with ourselves. To, to tell the difference between something we don't understand and something we do understand but we don't like. If we can get the, those two things, you know, there's plenty of mystery in the scripture. There's there's plenty of things that we don't understand and it's 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 good to, you know, I know lots of people with various uh with better knowledge of certain scriptural aspects and things like that and have insights that that I didn't have. We we should have those associations. Uh, men of men and women of of who have studied and prayed and and tackled these hard hard questions and they they can teach me things and, and I trust them because they're they're telling me the truth. Fallible human beings, but they live by the truth. And so I. I've learned to trust them, but I can always go back and verify by the scripture. Yep, that's what the scripture says. And okay, it's okay to question. I've had periods in my life where I had to go back and I had to, oh Lord, I don't understand this. And you know what? God doesn't always tell us what it is He's doing, He just doesn't. He sometimes will say, Go and do. That we understand. But there, there are plenty of things in this life we don't understand. And I don't think we're supposed to. And it's okay to question. God's not afraid of questions. But I think there's a significant difference between questioning and questioning because you're seeking truth and questioning because you're seeking an answer that God's not going to give. And an example of this is like, you know, it's it's funny. Children children have a way of exposing of course my children are adults now, but when they were little, and I'd seen this in other people's children, and I saw it in myself, I recognized it in myself when I was a child. Um a lot of times, you know, you tell a child to do something and they'll go, "Why?" Yeah. And you might you might give them an explanation, and they're not satisfied with that explanation. Not because they didn't understand it; they're not satisfied with it because it's not what they wanted to hear. So they'll ask you again, "Well, why? Why do I have to do that?" And my parents had a great way of getting 
around that. They would just say, because uh, I'm mommy, that's why, or because I'm daddy, that's why. And of course, that never satisfied me. But see, the thing is, it wouldn't matter what answer they gave me. If I didn't want to do it, if I didn't want to do what I was told, or I didn't like what I was being told, no answer was going to be sufficient. And I, I think uh, a lot of people, they'll sit there and say, well, it's okay to question. Yeah, okay. It's okay to make to, to ask questions to seek truth. Okay. It's not okay to just question just for the sake of trying to get God to... Uh, give you an answer that you want to hear. And I really think, this is my opinion, is it a judgment? Yeah, it's a judgment. Okay, it is a judgment. And some of you out there might be saying, well, you're not supposed to judge. Well, I got news for you. That's what this guy is doing. He's judging the rest of us. That's exactly what he's doing. And he will, he will appeal to the not, don't judge me crowd. He will appeal to that. All the while, he's doing that. He's doing just that right there. He's already judged us. He's judged us as claiming that we think that we're inerrant. He's judged us calling us abusive. He's judged us because we don't agree with him politically. He's judged us because... He thinks we're narrow-minded. He's judged us because, you know, some of us, you know, some of us maybe don't want to take a vaccine because we don't trust the government. Or he's judged us because somehow or another our desire to, you know, keep what we earn as ours somehow makes us greedy. Yeah, he's judged us. Not only him, but people who parrot the these same lyrics and these 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 the same mentality. So yes, I'm judging him, but I think I'm making a fair and righteous judgment. Because nothing that he has said here, oh he said it with maybe different words and he's got some nice lyrical flourishes, but he's not saying anything new. I've heard this same thing over and over and over for since I became a Christian when I was nine years old, which is, what, 44 years ago. I've heard the same stuff. There's nothing new in this. It just happens to be focused right here. But there's nothing new in this. I may have more to say on this... Uh, in another upcoming episode, but for right now, I think that's pretty much enough. But I'll just, uh, in trying to wrap this up, uh, well, hold on a second. Let me, let me, I just kind of stumbled on something down lower on this article. He goes, uh, when you give in to the fear of, quote, oh my gosh, I'm asking questions, or, quote, Oh man, I don't know if I believe this anymore. You're giving into the same fear that you know kept us from progressing as people for so long. That's a bunch of malarkey. Okay? 
In other words, what he is essentially saying is, you know, people go, well, I'm just asking questions. What's wrong with that? And he, he, he goes on to say that you're giving into the fear that you know kept us from progressing as people for so long. I'm not giving into any fear. You know, sometimes this, this whole idea of prog- you're not you're not progressing. You're regressing. You're not moving forward, you're moving backward. And and for you and, and this is another judgment. In other words, what he's saying is if if we look if we look unfavorably at him because now he's abandoning the tenets of what is faith or he's embracing a bunch of uh, lies and wrapping and shrouding it in religious garb um if we if we say something to him about that then we're the ones that are in fear and it's totalitarian in other words we're trying to control his life we're trying to control what he believes fart i don't care what you believe but if you're going to sit here and say on the one hand that you follow the universal Christ, Christ, but you disregard what he says, then you're not following the universal Christ. That's that's basically it hands down. Now, I I'm going to I'm just going to leave that there and just and simply say that cuz I I know there's going to be people out there who are probably going to listen to this and think that I'm just full of crap and that's fine. You know what? You can ask me questions. I if you want to Send me questions to uh, axman, A-X-E-M-A-N, 2415 at gmail.com. Put, put in the header, you know, questions for podcast. And, you know, make your comments known. And I'll be happy to address them. I, I'm not afraid of questions. But I am going to tell you this. If you call yourself a Christian and you're not following the very tenets of Christ, then you're a liar. I'm not saying, suggesting that you can't, that, you know, you're not going to make mistakes. I'm not saying anything about perfection. But what I am saying is that you can't have it both ways. So, anyway, um, those of you who are listening and, you know, you want to take me to task, go ahead and do so. Maybe I can... Maybe I can focus a little more if I have some questions to answer. So go ahead and send them in. But anyway, I mean, if I lose you as a listener, well, I don't. I don't really feel all that bad about it. And and I'll I'll say this. You know, I know I noticed in this passage of scripture, Jesus didn't chase after the people that abandoned him. He didn't go after them. I'm not going to go after you either. You have a right to think whatever you want to think. So, um, I guess that's it for this episode. Let me know what you think. Send me some comments. Send me some questions. Uh, though some of you who know me personally, you, can, you know how to get in contact with me. You either have my phone number or you can get me via, you know, message or whatever. And we'll talk about it. Um, at any rate, uh, thank you for joining me on Thoughts from a Lawnmower. We will rouse her, and I hope to hope to have something new for you real soon. Bye.